Worthy is the Lord. Let me extend to you a happy new year. We're excited for what the Lord has for this year in your house and in this house. I really don't make a distinction. <laughs> your house and this one. So we're excited for what the Lord has for this house and all that that extends to. Paul said that I may apprehend that for which I was apprehended for. What are we apprehended for? We're apprehended to righteousness and holiness, to walk in peace and love. That we may apprehend those things that we would lay hold of, that we would grasp. We grab hold and not let go. Those things for which we are apprehended. We, the Lord has already done it from the foundations of the world. His predetermined purpose is already set in place. Will we be a part of that? That is what we have the choice of. Will we apprehend those things for which we are apprehended for? The Lord's good. It ties things together so well begin a new year, I wanted to give you practical application for your life. More specifically to the message that we shared at the first week of December, how Enoch walking and communing with the Lord, and he was not. Those things that were associated with Enoch, of who he was, he was no longer to the point where he was so identified with the father that he just went home. And if you recall, we, we had a, a list of three things that we said, three strengths and three weaknesses. And, and at the end of the service, we symbolically took those weaknesses and we, and we buried them into the shredder. Because those were things that we've not been apprehended for. Fear and worry and doubt and discontentment and disharmony in our lives and hatred and unsettling in our mind. Those are not things that are from the Lord for things that were not apprehended. But they're under the blood. when we lay those things aside and when we put them in and submit it at his feet, we too can be so identified with communing with the Lord that we can be not. That the only thing that people would see would be Christ in you, the hope of glory. Is that your prayer for 2017? So as I was preparing and for last month and the Lord began to open me the practical application for this and began to be too long and lengthy. So I decided to split it in two. So I, intent, I didn't intentionally kind of drop it off and say, here's what you need to do and not tell you how to do it. So today we're going to talk about how can we actually do that. How can that be something in a, a place that we can walk in in our lives? And there's a key word that I've said several times already, and that is walk. We are walking today.
know, as we look around today and some that are missing for one reason or the other, but I don't think that there was anybody that's missing because they were not. I think anybody in the last 30 days has so laid hold of this message that they, like Enoch, just went home. So that means that all of us that are here under the sound of my voice can grow and glean from these words that the Lord has given us today. So I want you to repeat after me. Walk in unity. Walk in love. Walk in light. Walk in wisdom. If you take notes, if you have a digital, whatever it is you do, write down those words. Unity, love, light, and wisdom. These are the keys to walking this out in our lives. So let's take a look at each of them individually. And we're going to spend our entire time in the book of Ephesians today. I love the book of Ephesians. Lord, we're so grateful that you gave Paul these words so many years ago that we could read them today, that we could grow and apply them to our lives. Lord, you saw us so many years ago, and you had us in mind when you had Paul put that pen to paper. So grateful for that. You see, that's how you have to think about the word of the Lord, that it was penned just for you, because it was. Because when you do that, then you can realize this is applicable for my life. And that's when you'll be, all of a sudden it'll just become so alive. I can't believe it. I've read that so many times before, but now I'm seeing words and, and phrases and things that I've never even understood before. Things that have never even made any sense. They just were like letters and just on a, on a page. Somebody said to me the other day, Myla is starting to read and she's learning. And, and there's something that you can't ever undo, and that is reading. Once reading comes in effect into your life, save some type of tragedy into your injury or something, but that is something you can't undo. You can't look at that sign right there, those that actually can see it and read the words, and not tell me what it says. You can't look at it and go, oops, I don't know what it said. You can't undo that. Just like that's what we want the word of the Lord to be. We want, to, we want it to be the place where we look at it and it's so alive to us that you can't unsee it. I've said before in a negative fashion, but it can also be applied positively in that a, a mind expanded never contracts. A mind expanded never contracts. So once you begin, the word begins to be open and alive to you. It's never going to contract. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Lord. All right, got to stay focused here. Ephesians chapter 4. What was our first one? We walk in unity. Unity. We need you. We need you. I need you. Verse 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Apprehend that for which you're apprehended. 
Thank you, Lord, that your spirit is speaking today. Preparing the way for your word. Walk worthy of the calling. Not trying to walk in someone else's calling. Not trying to walk a mile in somebody else's shoes as the expression that we're talking about. Don't try to walk out in my calling, but walk in yours. And I'm not going to try to walk in yours because it won't fit. It's not for me. And the mind is not for you. But we walk worthy of the calling that the Lord has placed over your own life. We say, Pastor, like, I don't even know what that is. That's okay. You know what? He's not in here. My 10-year-old son desperately wants to hear Sorry. <clears throat> he desperately wants to hear an audible voice from the Lord. He says, Dad, I, I ask him all the time. Are we, as adults, asking the Lord, Lord, what do you have for me? What is the calling that you have placed over my life? You may have never asked that question before. You may be whatever age you are. You may have never asked that question. That's okay. You can start today, the first day of 2017, and say, I want to walk worthy of what you have for me and me alone. So many times people get frustrated in their Christian walk because they're trying to walk somebody else's. I can't do this. I can't be that guy. I can't be someone else. You're right. You're not called to be. You're called to be you, Brother John, and that's it. And walk worthy of what he has for you, and that's it. Nothing else. But fully apprehend all that he has for you, my friends. Fully. Verse 2, with all lowliness and gentleness, that's humility and meekness, which is freedom from retaliation. I love the word meek. Because real talk, sometimes I like to retaliate. My soul, my flesh, man, says that I deserve to defend myself, so I will. I'm right, and I'm justified. But meek is the exact opposite. Meek says, I am right. I am justified. But still, I choose not to retaliate. I know I'm right in this situation. The Lord knows I'm right in this situation. That's all that really matters. Because if you prove yourself right, and you win the argument, you haven't won anything at all. You have no idea. You maybe have won the argument, but consider all the things that you have lost. There may be friendships. There may be family ties. There may be whatever it is, work affiliations. There may be relationship. There are all the things you never know that you may have lost because you chose to win. Because you were right. So how do we walk worthy of our calling? In humility and meekness, long suffering, which we know is patience, bearing with one another in love. Mm. Even that person that drives you crazy. Their personality is like sandpaper on the back of your hand. 
just rubs you raw. Oh, can't even, oh, the sound of their voice. Bearing one another with one another in love. There's one, oh wait, sorry, in, in uh, verse 3. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. You know that word endeavoring there is exerting oneself. You actually have, it takes effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. Or to walk in, our first word is? Unity. How? Endeavoring to keep the unity. We are to strive to do this. This is something that's going to take work. Paul recognizes this here. This takes work. It's not something you just automatically fall into. If it was, everybody would do it and the world would be unified. The church would be unified if it was easy. But we have to exert ourselves to keep the unity of the bond of peace. You know that word peace there? It means absent of rage. How many of you would like to be absent of rage in your life? Nothing could get to you. <laughs> Think about an old Seinfeld episode, Serenity Now, Serenity Now, Serenity Now. That was somebody just trying to talk themselves into being peaceful. But this is, by his spirit, we have our bond. And that bond is peace. This brings us to unity. Walking in unity. Let the word speak here. There is one body. There is one spirit. There isn't 27 bodies. There isn't 47 different religions and different gods that we serve. There is one body. There is one spirit. Just as you were called in one hope of your calling. Verse 5. One Lord. One faith. One baptism. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in, we see Paul is from the south here, in y'all, in you all. Pretty clear. You know, in math, one is called the identity. It's the number which is identity. So we have our identity in our Lord. We have our, our identity in our faith. We have our identity in, our, in the Spirit. But it's one. I and the Father, we, we are one. One baptism, one faith, one Spirit. Unity. But to each, verse 7, of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Once again, 
And you're not me. And I'm not you. Let's not frustrate ourselves and try to be someone else. and Try to keep up with the spiritual Joneses, as it were. Dave Ramsey, the finance guy, says that we buy things to impress people that we buy things with money we don't have to impress people we don't even really like. Because one of my favorite phrases that my kids know very well that those that matter don't care. And those that care don't matter. If it matters to you what kind of car I drive, you probably don't matter in my life. If it matters to you how much money I have in my bank account, you probably don't have my best interest in mind anyway. So you probably don't matter. But those that are truly our family and truly our friends don't care about those things. But we strive so hard and we work, we work to gather these things with money we don't have to impress people we really don't even like. You know, there's an expression that people use a lot of times that you do you and I'll do me. Have you ever heard that before? You do you and I'll do you. I'll do me. What that means is you worry about yourself. I got my thing. I won't judge you as long as you don't judge me. That way I can do anything I want because you're not going to catch judgment because I'm not going to judge you, right? So we're, you know, quid pro quo here. little this for that. little uh, I'm okay, you're okay. But what it needs to be here is I will see the Christ in you as you see the Christ in me. Try to read here, starting in verse 11. Let the scripture speak without commentary. Let's see how that goes. Starting in verse 11. And he himself, talking about Christ, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry. That is what we call the fivefold ministry. There's five that are listed there. What are they for? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, and also for the edifying of the body of Christ, which we already learned just previously there is one faith, one baptism, one Father, one Spirit, one body. For the edifying of the body of Christ. So we all, here's why, till... We all come to the, what was that word? Unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness, not partially, but the fullness that all that God has for us, that we should be no longer children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Do you think the Spirit gave Paul an insight here that it's possible that what would happen through the span of time that there would be those that would come with their trickery and with their, their little pet doctrine 
and dissuade and discourage and distract people from the true gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, my, I said to one of my kids this week that their birthday is obviously next, well, this year now, but later in the year. And for my birthday, I want such and such. I said, we're going to write down what you say all year long for your birthday because that changes several times. <laughs> so we've got to keep track of what it is and we'll finally determine what it is that you are asking for. You know, as children, we're tossed around and we see with the next shiny object, woo, I like that, wow, that's really nice, whoa, look at there, whoa, you know. Your attention span in, in minutes is typically what you are in years. So if you're 10, you have a 10-minute attention span. Pretty typical. Most of the time. <laughs> or if you have a 10-minute attention span, maybe you have the capacity of a 10-year-old. I don't know, you, whichever way you want to take that. But toss to and fro. When we're children, that's, that's normal. But as we mature, we need to do exactly that, grow up, and not be tossed around and, and looking for the next thing, looking for the next pet project or, or pet doctrine or, or what's the, cool, the coolest thing for churches to be doing. I, I spoke to a pastor a while back, this has been several years now, but he said, oh, a lot of churches are doing this now. So we're going to try it. We're going to do this thing. Tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. By the trickery of men. What is the trickery doing? It is swaying us away from that one Lord. It's keeping our eyes off of Jesus and looking at all this other stuff. Keeping us from the unity of the bond of peace. Not doing a very good job of not commenting, am I? Verse 15, but speaking the truth, that's what I'm doing today. Speaking the truth in love. Now let's be careful. When we have something we need to share with our brother or sister to help them, if you're questioning whether or not you should say it, my question to you would first be, what is your motivation? Are you helping to encourage them because it's going to benefit you? Don't say a thing. Because that's not speaking to them out of love. That's for them. That's speaking to them out of a love for yourself. Because whatever it is that they're doing is inconveniencing you or bothering you or annoying you or whatever it is. That's not speaking the truth in love. But it is for their edification and for their growth. And if you can frame your word such that it is received in love, and if there are a point where they can do that, and the Lord directs, that's where we are to be together, to one, one, or to help one another and speak the truth in love. Continuing on here, they grow up in all things to him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effect of working by which every part does its share. We need 
you. Because growth of the body for the edifying of love of itself in love. Verse 17, this I say therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should not no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. What's okay for the world is not okay for you. Sad to say. Actually, not at all. Not sad to say that at all. What is okay for them is not okay for you because you're walking worthy of your calling. Someone who is out and living for themselves and and has no interest in serving the Lord and no surrender in their life, they're not the one who's supposed to be walking in your calling. You are. And then something may be okay for them to do doesn't mean it's okay for you. And let's not blur the lines and try to get so close to the world that we say, well, I'm right here. I can get this far and this close. I'm not over there. There's the line. You can see it. I mean, there's a seam in the carpet. You can see it. There's the line. Let me get to the edge right here. I'm going to get so I can have one foot as far as I can. Hang this one over there. Oh, but I'm still up here on the stage. Why are we trying to try our, walk our Christian walk? Right on this edge. That's not walking worthy of our calling. That you should walk no longer as the rest of the Gentiles walk. And the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling, I have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanliness with greediness. Yikes. Is that what we want to be identified with? I don't. But, but, Paul didn't leave us there. You have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and not, and excuse me, if you have indeed you have heard him and you have been taught by him as the truth is in Christ, in Jesus. Now look at verse 22. This is on the back of our Grace Emmanuel shirts. That you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. We are to put off the old man. Verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on a new man. Look at this jacket. Fancy that thing is. That's new. Put on the, the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So on the back of our shirts it says remove Renew and restore. This is the verse that's actually referenced there. We're to put off the former conduct. Those things that you used to do that were okay before are no longer okay. If you want to walk worthy of your calling, you can't do those things. But the reward is so much greater than what they have to offer. 
Because that old man grows corrupt. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You put on the new man. Walking in unity. When we walk in unity, it allows us to walk in love. Say with me, walk in unity allows me to walk in love. Let's continue on in chapter 5. Therefore, be imitators of God. Sorry, we need to finish this passage. I was supposed to read to the end. Verse 25. Therefore, put in away lying. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry, watch this, and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Do you see how those are associated to each other? When we allow wrath to stay in our heart and in our mind, it gives place to the enemy. Let him who has stolen steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, and that he may have something to give. That's a nature change. Pastor's pointed that out so many times. Someone who stole the ultimate form of selfishness, I'm going to steal what you have worked for, Henry. I'm going to steal it. That's going to change, and over here I'm going to no longer do that. I'm going to work, because I'm a thief. I typically don't want to work. I'm going to work, and then in turn I'm going to give away completely diametrically opposed to what it was before. I went from stealing to now I'm giving. Not only am I giving, but I'm willing to work for it. Working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give to who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. I think we need to back that one up. Verse 29, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Pastor, I don't think it's a stretch here if we were to say that he lumped those together with a conjunction and by speaking corruptly, we are grieving. You ever think about that before? If I have corrupt communication coming out of my mouth, it grieves the Holy Spirit. Now I know, all of you well enough to know, that none of you would want to intentionally grieve the Holy Spirit. But did we realize that something as simple as corrupt communication, coarse joking, talking about somebody else, gossiping, you name it, fill in the blank, that grieves the Holy Spirit. Kind of makes us pause a little bit before we talk about someone. Because it's more than just about you. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you 
with all malice and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. And you say, well, you don't realize what they've done. You're probably right, I don't. But you know what? I serve a Lord that said, I'm go- I see your sin. I see what you have done. And I choose to forgive anyway. So if we're to walk in unity, if we're to walk worthy of our calling, if our goal truly is to be not as Enoch, and really do we above the Lord in our justification? Are we greater to say, well, I can hold these grudges because I'm, this is what they've done. And like I said, it may be terrible. I'm not minimizing what it is. But unforgiveness does not hold them captive. But it will hold you. Now we can go to chapter 5. Let's try that again. When we walk in unity, repeat after me. Repeat the usted. When we walk in unity, we can walk in love. Chapter 5. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us as an offering and sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. We're not going to go too heavily into what all love is. You have to wait till next month for that. And Gretchen stole some of my thunder I was going to share. When people have done things to you, we choose to walk in love. Just as she already mentioned, they can maybe be able to, to hurt your body or, or wound your soul, but they never can impact your spirit, man. So when we walk in the spirit, we won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. One of those lusts is revenge. One of those lusts is rage. We already talked about before, you, everybody raised their hand. They said they didn't want rage in, the, in their life anymore. They wanted to walk in peace. Well, how do you do that? Walk in the spirit. It seems like so many things, I say this all the time, it's so simple. It's not easy, but it is simple. But Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a sweet-smelling aroma. Hmm. Thank you, Lord, for your sacrifice. Lord, help us never to take it for granted, the love that you have given to us how you've demonstrated us that to us, Lord, how we're to love others. Even love ourselves. Forgiveness of ourselves. Lord, we choose to walk in your love. So grateful that you're our example that we can follow. That perfect example. Verse 3, but fornication and all uncleanliness or covetousness. Let it not be even named among you as is fitting for saints. Neither filthiness, 
nor foolish talking, nor coarse joking, which we just read a few moments ago, grieves the Holy Spirit, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. Yes! Yes! Has anybody ever complained before? In the same breath, have you given thanks? You know if you're giving thanks, it's kind of hard to complain. I challenge you to try this week. I challenge you to go through and look at everything that you have and, and thank the Lord for it. And in the same breath, complain about something. I challenge you. You can't do it. You can't walk in a spirit of gratitude and complain. But watch this. It also goes the other way. You can't walk around complaining all the time and have a spirit of gratitude. You can't be grateful and complaining and grumbling all the time, at the same time. Given of things. Verse 5, For this you know, there's no fornicator, unclean person, no covetous man who is an idolater, who has inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. If you have, if you're the type of personality that tends to see things as maybe the glass is half empty. Maybe it's easy for you to see things that might be able to need to be improved. I encourage you to start giving thanks. Maybe the Lord will give you a, a heart for that situation. You might be able to speak love and life into it. Because when we walk in unity, part of that is giving thanks. When we're walking in unity, we, we start to have empathy for that person and then allows us to be able to, to walk in love. Because we're not complaining about them. We're giving thanks for them. We're giving thanks for the opportunity that we have to, to show them love. Maybe they're, they're unloving. Maybe no one has, has even shown them any type of, of godly love their entire lives, and that's the way they are. The way that they are, which drives you crazy. So instead of complaining about them, how about you start giving the Lord thanks for the opportunity to be the first one, possibly, to show them love, to walk in love. Repeat after me. When I walk in love, it allows me to walk in light. We've seen so far unity, love, now light. Brother Jim, can you uh, turn up the darkness back there for me, please? Aiden, can you turn up, turn up the darkness? No? I want you to turn up the darkness. You can't do it. Darkness doesn't really, in and of itself, exist. What it is, is the absence of light. Where there is darkness, it's because there is no light. Where there is a shadow, it's because there is an absence or a diminishing of 
light. You can see, I don't know if you can see it, but on this flower there is a shadow on the floor. It's because this flower here is blocking the light. If I were to move this flower now, there's no longer a shadow. See, in and of itself, that shadow does not exist. We can't turn up the darkness. Likewise with evil, the absence of good. So we need to walk in light. Because in him was the light, life, and the light thereof. And the darkness cannot comprehend, cannot overtake, cannot overcome the light. So the light in you, the Christ in you, the hope of glory will shine on the darkness in this world. And the darkness cannot overcome the light. Both in the physical world and in the spiritual. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the Spirit is all goodness, righteousness, and truth. But in verse 8, very important word here. For you were. For you were once in darkness. It doesn't say that you are in darkness right now, but it says that you were in darkness. Now we're speaking and we're walking, choosing to walk in the light. Because the only way for me to be in darkness is if I choose not to be in the light. Because remember, darkness in and of itself does not exist. It's the absence of light in my life. So if I have darkness, it's because I have chosen to not allow the light to shine in those areas. You were. You were. Hear that today? You were once in a dark place. You were someone that was listed here a coveter, a fornicator, or a drunkard, whatever the list was, you were that thing. You were that person. But today you are walking in the light. You are children of the light. Walk worthy of it. Verse 10, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Well, that word acceptable. Sat and looked at that for a while. Reminding me of Romans 12, 2. How was it that I were children of darkness? What do I do? I don't even know where to start. Verse 1 in chapter 12 of Romans. I beseech you, brethren. I implore you. I beg you, brethren. Therefore, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy there's this word acceptable to god which is your reasonable I mean, it means that you can do this not to be discouraged i feel like i can't do it on my own you're right you can't but christ and you can but it's our reasonable service watch this and do not be conformed to this world this is being conformed to the world trying to get to the edge but be transformed by the renewing of your mind 
that ye may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Find out what is acceptable to the Lord. When we have our mind transformed, when our mind is renewed, that was what allows us to walk in the light. We can't expect to, to still have our mind tied into the worldly system, not transform it, and wonder why light isn't coming from us. Light does not exude from darkness. It's not physically possible. So we can't expect that we're going to fill our mind and our lives with darkness. And then when all of a sudden, just like, remember the uh, Care Bears, Sunshine Bear, go boom, and a beam of light would go out, there, out of their stomach? He, she, I don't know what it was. You can't possibly expect that. You can't fill your life with darkness and expect that you're just going to be Sunshine Bear. I have some really weird thoughts that come to me sometimes when I speak. <laughs> Sunshine bear. <laughs> Woo! That was not in the notes. And have, watch this. Okay, we're finding out what is acceptable. Okay, Paul, help me out here. How do I know what's acceptable? He says, I'm glad you asked. And have no fellowship with the un fruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Everything will come to light, whether good or evil. Everything in this world will come to light. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. When I walk in unity, it allows me to walk in love. When I walk in love, it causes me to walk in the light. Which brings us to our last one. When I walk in light... It opens up, allows me to walk in wisdom. Pick up in verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly. That word walk there make, is make due use of opportunity. We're going to have opportunities every single day. Make due use of them. Make good use. I have opportunity all the time to be patient with my son. And most of the time I blow it. Right? He gives me daily opportunity. <laughs> to be patient with him. And unfortunately, most of the time I fail. I was driving in this morning And I thought to myself, is it really that big of a deal? You say, but what was? Anything. Is it that big of a deal? Really? 
walk circumspectly, which means exactly, accurately, or diligently. So we're taking due opportunity to walk accurately. Not as fools. Fools don't walk accurately, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. There's a song back in the 90s or something. Teach us to count the days. Teach us to make the days count. I did this exercise a number of years ago. It's a kind of fun thing to do. You were to take and, and you sit down sometime if you want to try this. And write down a list of the most significant times you can think of in your life. It might be kind of fun for you to reminisce and think about things. When I got married and my kids were born and the first time I ever saw my bride. and You know, all those different things that, you know, when I was born again, when I was water baptized, when I was filled with the Spirit. All these things. Anything that, it's, it's your list. You're not going to show it to anybody. It's your list. What is something that's significant to you? And then I want you to take your age and multiply it by 365. That's how many days that you've been on this earth. And I'll even be gracious to you, and you can subtract 3,600 of them, because that's the first 10 years of your life. You may remember a third of what happened in that time frame. So we'll even be gracious and subtract 3,600 from that number. My point is, for some of us, it's a very big number, which is nowhere near the list. So are we teaching ourselves to count the days and make the days count? Every single day, we have deposit into our account. What is it, 76,280 seconds a day or something like that? If, if I were to deposit into your account every single day $80,000, but you had to spend it that day, you weren't allowed to carry over to the next one, you probably would figure out some things you might want to do, right? Same thing with our time. I may be way off on my number, but it doesn't, you get the point. All of us have the same number of seconds every single day. Are we making them count? Are we spending them wisely? Some of you are like, whoa, 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 I saw your eyes. $80,000, well, I gotta go have a car, I gotta pay off this, you're just going crazy already. But we have the same thing with our time. Every day we've deposited another 80000 or whatever the number is. Make the days count. Why are we to make them count? Because the days are absent of good. The days are evil. Therefore, because those days are evil, do not be unwise. That's a double negative. This means, therefore, be wise. Be wise. But understand what the will of the Lord is. This takes us back to the very first part of chapter 4. Walk worthy of the calling for which you were called. Apprehend that for what you were apprehended for. Understand what the word, will excuse me, of the Lord is for you. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation. <coughs> be filled with the Spirit. 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 Seek Him while He may be found of you. 
Ask the Lord. He's good. He gives good gifts. Ask him to fill you. I was filled back in 1972. I don't care where you filled this morning. Ask him to fill you. Fill it to capacity, O Lord. To overflowing. Fill us with your spirit. Brood over this house, O God, that your spirit would pour out. Worthy are you, O God. Fill us with your spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. That would be great. Speaking to each other in spiritual songs. Came to worship you. Not you. I would like to see that sometime. If we were to speak to each other in spiritual songs and hymns. How would that look like? Oh, spiritual amazing grace. What does that mean? Speak to one another, uplifting. Share the goodness of our God. When we call, as our conversation revolves around what it is that we're watching on TV or how we're complaining about our spouse or what our boss did or are we talking and sharing, this is what the Lord is saying to me and I couldn't contain it any longer. I had to call somebody to talk about it. I had to share. I felt like my head was going to explode if I kept it all in. I had to talk to you about it. Here's what it is. What are you hearing? What do you think about this? What are you reading? Speak to one another, encouraging one another to do these things. Making melody in your heart to the Lord. Do we have a song in our heart? You don't have to be a musician to have a song in your heart. Constant in prayer. We've heard that before. Thanksgiving. Are we grateful and we're showing our gratitude because once again, if we're constantly thanking the Lord, it's kind of hard for us to complain in the same breath. Verse 20, giving thanks always for all things. Even the challenges we had in 2016. Mm. I'd be thankful for them too. Yep. Because they've come along our way to cause us to grow. Allow us to be able to walk in wisdom. Thanks always and all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. What is the key to he was not? We walk in unity. We walk in love. We walk in light. We walk in wisdom. Let's stand. Oh, we're grateful for your word today. We're grateful for the practicality of how we can apply these things to our lives and walk these things out, starting today. It's not something that we put afar off or for another day, or we can walk this out today. We're so grateful for that, that your word is alive and well. So, Lord, today we just do ask that you'd cause us to walk in your unity your bond of peace. Lord, that we walk in your love and walk in your light. And ultimately, Lord, that we walk in your wisdom. 
that we might walk worthy of the calling that you have placed upon us and apprehend that for which we've been apprehended. We're so grateful for this. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Jake, you just stop the recording? Okay.